Right, good evening and welcome to Retro Sonic Podcast. I'm Steve from the Retroman blog, and today we're down in the Medway, uh, me and my colleague, Mr. Paul Slattery. Good evening. And we're here with uh, Glenn Page from the Lem Price 3. Hello. And the writer of the new movie Pub Monkey, Jamie O'Hara. Howdy. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Glenn. Thanks for seeing us today. And we've just been on a nice little tour of the Medway Garage rock scene sites, haven't we? We've seen all the, the Nags Head and the places where you grew up and the Wigmore Swingers and uh, all that. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah, they were swinging. Right? Yeah, they were the, swinging as we drove through. There were curtains <laughs> twitching, so thanks for showing us the sites of the Medway. And uh, we're really here today to talk about the movie Pub Monkey, which um, features the Len Price Three's music, and also you, you do a cameo role in it as well, do you, Ben? You, do you feature in the film? Uh, it's got my voice in it, oh, and then the yeah. band are in it at the end. Yeah. Is that stayed in? Yeah, it's stayed <laughs> <stay, stay laughs> in. Yeah, <laughs> <and> <laughs> cut to just well, playing so, at the wedding. Yeah. Just been editing that, so yeah. So, yeah. yeah, so we were in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, because we went down to, we did a report on the blog when we went to your rap party. When you were filming the band playing, yeah. Uh, so uh, that, the that part yeah. is in is still in the film. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, and then we hooked into into doing a, yeah. a, a little set for us as yeah, well. Yeah, so it's let's go about a good it's, party. It's, so it's the Lem Price Three pretending to be the Lem Price Three at a pretend wedding. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually wedding a good afternoon, yeah. at the park, wasn't it? You know, it was yeah. great. Yeah. A lot of very not, pissed people there. It was a lot about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. I think I think they were they filmed it in reality, Steve, yeah. didn't they? Yeah, it was it, good. It, it did feel like a real wedding. We had a lot of people yeah, come up from down here to be extras in it, and um, they arrived. And, there was, and John, the director, has been having a lot of no booze policy, shooting a movie in a lot of pubs. Most of our locations were pubs and stuff, so a lot of fake beer going on. But when we got the Medway people up, they uh, they weren't really sort of as uh, as, uh, as strict as maybe some of the other ones. I mean, they had to some champagne on the way up in the bus, and um, yeah, they were kind of ploughed by the time. That, <laughs> we had to do one shot where they did like a bullet time shot, and um, people were trying to have to stand still as the cameras moved an inch around this big sort of taped-off circle. There's quite a bit of swaying on that. Which is um, it's a nice yeah. swaying bullet time shot. It's kind of what okay. you need. It's quite a good little director's trick there, isn't it? You know. Mm. involved in it really I mean um, I'd, I'd seen them live quite a few times I'm a massive fan of the band and um, we'd had some tracks sort of earmarked and you start looking at how these sort of things work and they come to, like, really expensive and stuff and then we sort of contacted them through the website and uh, I just thought it was like and I think I said this before I thought it was a really good fit because you know you have that whole idea of Glenn's lyrics being sort of little stories in themselves you know these yeah. sort of you know Serbic vignettes or whatever they say in these 
things, I'm, you know. I'm always saying that. Oh, yeah. I'm always saying that. Is that yeah. right? I'm going to write some acerbic vignettes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be, uh, going to be Gary to write some acerbic vignettes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you got any Kleenex? I'll be packing some. <laughs> yeah. And we uh, saw some scenes of these acerbic vignettes today, didn't we, around the Medway, you know, where yeah. you actually wrote them. Yeah, yeah. both. The, and the, uh, and the, uh, the other track, wasn't it, from the lady that from the... Yeah, nobody knows. Yeah. So we got yeah. in touch with them anyway, and it was initially we were sort of like tentatively asking if they'd be interested, and we had a... Uh, sort of like as a holding page when you do like an assembly edit you have like holding songs in there just to cut to and we had a Eddie Bow track or something it was just because the way the drums went in and we got in touch with him and said you're interested in doing a track and then we sort of hinted at like maybe doing the score but we didn't really mm. we didn't know each other at that stage and then massively quick turnaround you got something like a monkey done for us didn't you I can see you in a show up in Islington and then you'd come up with the first line or something on the way mm. back in the van I was Wow, when I, I got stained in at your, <laughs> your beers backstage. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then um, yeah, within a few weeks, the track came back. Yeah. And I thought that was just the best thing ever, do you know, because I wrote the thing. And then even the idea of having a band I really sort of admired, just doing a track that has mm. anything to do with something I'd written, I thought, well, fuck, the film doesn't even get made now. This is like a massive. And you do yeah. this as you make a film over two and a half years, you've been making it. There's been moments where it's been. This is as good as, it's, as it needs to be, you know, and then now it's all coming together for the screen the next Friday. It's just amazing. So we've got that track, which was amazing, really that sleazy organ part, and I just mentioned um, mm. this animation that I've been working on today, uh, how we might sort of like look at sort of like that sort of Pink Panther thing. So it was really nice that that line had that sort of Mancini esque sort of vibe yes. to it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then uh, you wrote the second one, didn't you? Oh, yeah, 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 that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, couldn't so, get much worse. Yeah, that's the yeah. one, yeah, which now opens yeah. the film. The shoe shop seat. Yeah, oh, yeah, right. okay. so you've got, yeah. Um, yeah. so that track's in there, That's so you have a you have a time-lapse shot of London and it zooms into the shoe shop and that mm. track comes in as though it's played on the radio. That really works well with it. From there, we booked three days in Ranskin, didn't we? Yeah. And then down there, and um, car went past. And uh, we, um, yeah, we went in and then recorded score. Yeah, which was, like, we were just talking about the it car. Really, I, I think, like the uh, from our point of view, I mean, like a couple of things I just sort of mentioned. I mean, in terms of like the, the lead up to it, I got the script first before we kind of met up, and uh, I read it. And I pissed myself laughing so much. Hmm. I thought, well, yeah, we, we, we want to do something about this. So then we kind of hooked up, had a drink and a chat, and you know, kind of got on well and like had a lot of things in common and all the rest of it. So you know, hmm. it was just like you know, it was just really exciting to kind of get involved. Yeah. And then like the first two tunes that, that Jamie mentioned were kind of like songs. So um, uh, like the Pop Monkey theme tune. Just the line, you know, swing like a monkey from Boozer to Bar just kind of came into my head. Mm. So was that, written, was that written before the movie? Was it was it separate or did you um, have that in mind? No, no, I, that was written in response Purely, entirely to yeah. the film, yeah. you know. I mean, I kind of, um, 
I can't remember now. I, I, I definitely read the script by that point, mm. and I might have seen like a couple of scenes, but I hadn't mm. seen like a lot of it. Um, but I knew the gist of the story because I've yeah. read the script and spoke to Jamie about it and what you know what it was kind of about because he, he told me about like you know it's sort of loosely based on some of the characters and stories from like his life and stuff. Yeah. So so I did that and that was that was that one and then the other one that Jamie alluded to is the one where the the um, the main character in the film is like you know bored out of his mind really desperate kind of working in a in a job and and. Oddly enough, at that point, I was similarly in a job where I was thoroughly miserable at that time, yeah. so that was very easy to write. Yeah. <laughs> so those two were like just like songs we would normally do, and then when we went into the studio to record like the rest of like the score and the soundtrack, that's a very different thing because mm. we were literally like, you know, you'd have the film playing on a screen and you'd be playing to that well, so you were playing along to instead the, of like a song you know? yeah it was, it was so, one of the things we thought when the band sort of got more involved and they decided they were going to do like a score as well as we always knew we were going to use more tracks from Nobody Knows in some back catalogue mm. there's obviously parts that needed to be dramatically scored and I don't think it's ever been done certainly not live on analogue tape you know what I mean <laughs> with a, a big screen playing I was in the room with the band going like you know mm. this, this, is, this bit's got to be like a big bit so it's like, that was a whole new experience for us, you know, going from like writing songs, yeah, which we did at the outset, to you know bits of music and tailoring the bits of music to the film, and not necessarily stuff like you know what would what would you know what would be good for us to play live or what yes. would make a single or whatever. Yeah, quite enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. You said that one point, didn't you? Say, I feel like I'm losing the audience because you're just yeah, doing yeah. the same bit over yeah, and over. So, again. so like we did one tune. There's a, there's a, a, a bit of music that goes in the kind of the main finale of the film. And I think when we recorded it, it's about like 13, 15 minutes long. Yeah. Which is, you know, the longest I've ever played the guitar for. Like, so most, <laughs> you know, of, most of your sets are finished. Yeah, by exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so it's very different. Yeah. But, you know, I really enjoyed it for just being completely Yeah, it must be difficult do. for a band which is predominantly a live act to, to get into that frame of mind of, of recording thing, so instrumental yeah. music and that. It, it's, it's not that lightning in a bottle thing, so you want to catch that. Yeah, if you, get, if you could catch just a percentage of the energy that this lot can get on stage and put it on a cinema screen yeah. do you know what I mean that's really going to be useful to us especially in sort of like a violent sort of fight <laughs> sequence or something do you know what I mean yeah. you really get that going on so we did some we did a couple of rehearsals didn't we up yeah. back at Neil's and yeah. we got up there and listened to Wallop by Chaz and Dave and then just yeah. you handed out a few bits and bobs <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean cause I think actually that's a good point because I, th- I think there are like on the you know there are some tracks on the film that do call for a bit of kind of you know energy and aggression and you know, yeah. So, although they're not songs, the delivery is kind of what we, you know, it's like what we do. So, um, so from that, you know, those those sort of bits are kind of quite similar. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, sort of playing for 15 minutes is <laughs> it's yeah. like, whoa. And then getting you guys to try and be a wine lounge band. Oh, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. Like a lounge track for Smith a wine bar. You know, yeah. it's like, and they had, you had something lying around. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah we had to do, uh, so there's a bit of music where I think there's a line in it that says something like, what is this fucking music or something like that? Yeah. It's supposed to be dreadful. So, yeah. Yeah, we have this bit of music that we've been kicking around in practice for like years. It's just like hideous music <laughs> that we just do for a bit of a giggle. Yeah. So it just seemed to fit perfectly. Um, and similarly, there's one. Uh, there's a sort of like there's a there's a sort of a, a, like a, a, a love sequence uh, which needed like a really kind of upbeat, up tempo type thing. Mm, and like yeah. and and you know like our music is usually quite miserable with sin in terms of at least the lyrical content. And so uh, I was kind of like thinking right that I wanted it to be something like a cross between the guitar solo in Cinnamon Girl by Neil Young because I, I mm. always found it quite kind of uplifting and quite like you know, you know, yeah, quite, like you know yeah. makes you want to kind of it's fall in love with yeah. people yeah. and then um, <laughs> sort of that and then I can't really describe it but I had this kind of like vaguely like 90s kind of like indie type breeders sort of yeah, 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 yeah. sort yeah. of and uh, so so we tried to do that which again is you know it doesn't sound like the sort of stuff we'd normally do but I'm quite quite pleased with how it turned out because there's mm. even some like lead guitar parts in it and I'm a, yeah. I'm a crap lead guitarist but you know like, yeah. it's got like harmony guitar lines yeah. and stuff it's like oh, yeah. you know, it's not what I'd normally do yeah. you know? so Jamie were you giving them any any sort of Direction towards the the music. Were you telling them this is what I want and this is? Yeah, well, we, it's sort of, well there was bit, it was really nice that they, they had all these other sort of pre prepared bits. The, the so what we call in sort of the working title the Sunshine Track, which is the, you know one we were just talking about. That that was sort of that was almost a, sort of like a little bit of a brief, wasn't it? Yeah. You know? And then on the day, it was I just had a list of bits that I knew needed scoring, yeah. so I was just on a laptop fast forward to a bit and sort of give it a general feel. There's a scene where we had a we had a piece of holding music by a guy called Mighty Hannibal. And it's like a uh, sort of an old funk, guy, funk and soul guy from Atlanta. Um, he actually died the day we went into the studio, which was odd enough. But I'd spoken you to him, it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he had this really sort of like uh, song about how Jesus saves us from drugs and stuff, really sort of funky. And then we got, you know, when you guys started working on it, you got this thing that was like almost you started saying like almost prog rock Pink Floyd stuff, wasn't it? Because it's about a guy descending into like a uh, like a heroin madness, and that was an interesting thing as well. Because then we, I got on, the, I, I played two iPhones. Oh yeah, on that, yeah, yeah. yeah that's my, my biggest musical achievement. If you put two iPhones on loudspeaker and push them together, yeah. they feed back and go. Wee, 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 wee. Yeah. So we, yeah. I put that over the top of what they recorded. So yeah. and you start speaking into it. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's like, it's like yeah. messages from what out of space. Yeah, it's because he wants royalties now, isn't it? No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did monkey. We all did monkey noises as well, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. On one yeah. track. Yeah, it's good fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, did you know Jamie from him going to your gigs? Did you? Um, did you well, no, I, did, I didn't really. But I, 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 he did tell me that he was the one that invented the uh, <laughs> the Lemprise Three dance, which I'd forgotten about. But we did a we did a gig we did a gig at the uh, the command house. It was an outside thing, and uh, it was like a kind of a bank holiday job, and it was an afternoon or late tea time or something, and uh, like loads of loads of family were there, you know. So like, yeah, my kids were there, for instance, and I, and I remember doing this gig. And looking over, and there was like a couple of adults, and then like a, a stream of kids, like doing this funny dance, which I hmm. won't demonstrate because it won't really translate on the podcast. But <laughs> it was quite amusing, and I thought that's really funny. It's like you know the Limprice Three dance, and basically it was Jamie that, that invented well, it. I didn't know that at the time. I mean, like some sort of <laughs> mad minstrel to these children, coercing all like the kids, a, in yeah, them. yeah, like, leading so, them into the river. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> 
Pied Piper, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pied Piper of Rochester. Yeah. 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 So uh, yeah, so that that was it. But I, you know, we'd never like met. I don't, I don't think. I oh, know you and I know you. When you finished your gig, yeah. pack your stuff up and get out. Chat to Neil, yeah. drunk out of my mind, like going, "You're the best fucking band I've ever seen." <laughs> <laughs> and, all that. and he's just unscrewing his drums, going, yeah, "Cheers, mate." <laughs> 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 and then you know. just, Come back when you finish your script. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just sort of. Um, that's it. Like tapping Tim was the first time. I just wandered was in. It? Yeah, Man, wandered upstairs. Yeah, and just yeah. Um, you know, and it was like. I was just blown away by it. I was like, this fucking this lot, you know? And like, immediately in the whole sort of thing, you know, the best band you'd ever heard, I was like, how are this, how are these three not just mega? Do you know? Like, how are they not yeah. just massive? That's because they're miserable bastards, I think. Yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> well, that's what we, well, I mean, when me and Paul well, saw you, you know, we heard the records and we saw the band and then we thought they're going to be massive, they're going to be playing a big, big venue and then it's like Fiddler's Elbow to, to was 30 people was that the first people. time you saw us at yeah, yeah, Fiddler's yeah. Elbow yeah yeah I came on like down a Thursday night or something down, yeah, yeah it was Friday, Friday night, I came right. down on my own yeah. and met you down there right and uh, Stephen played me the first um, records I heard by you and I went down there because you couldn't come down Steve and I thought is this really the Lim Price 3 <laughs> they're very <laughs> mild mannered sort of polite guys you know <laughs> yeah. and then they got on stage and it was like a Jekyll and Hyde experience. I can believe it. Yeah, well, yeah, they suddenly went this crazy rock band. Just... That's the other way around for me. Can you imagine me trying to get in touch with these guys? I've seen them on stage a few times, and then yeah. like, you send them an email going, yeah, "Do you want to read me script?" Just imagine them like, "Fuck oh, off!" <laughs> 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 you're going to read yeah. your script. There you, yeah. there you go. But that's that. That is the great thing about rock and roll. So then we came along to see you, and then was like Sam Moritz and that, and again, there's yeah. only a few people. And the it's like, the Sam band I couldn't believe huge. you played with Sam Moritz. I've had so many yeah. freaking nights in there, well, just, yeah, yeah mm. falling off chairs. And yeah, stuff I and, mean, we played yeah. there loads because uh, we we had a residency there for about yeah. it must have been well, a good we, year, a year, eighteen months. Well, like, we saw, like we saw, every month, we came down to about three gigs. There. Yeah, yeah. And mm. uh, I mean, it was. I mean, I love that venue. I've, I've, I've been to lots of good. good oh, it's great, and. But yeah, I mean, we'd be going on. It was quite a late gig, wasn't it? I don't think. Yeah, you were never on before, before midnight. Before yeah, 11, 12 o'clock. And and for so, us, going to a nightclub at our age, you know, like yeah. going up to Soho yeah. and coming out yeah, like three o'clock in the morning, you know. But, then, anyway. I mean, it, no. I mean, those gigs, you'd be, you'd be lucky if there were ten people there. Yeah. Wouldn't you? I mean, yeah. it, was, it was just yeah, like yeah, really yeah. quiet. Yeah. And uh, but thankfully, things have picked up for the band, you know, and it's going well, isn't it? Well, I have. 
But that's mm-hmm. mainly because it's, you know, your gigs. <laughs> so pulling the punters, you know. Oh, it's a smoke screen, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. It's all, that's the thing. It's a mirrors, like, a smoke uh, and mirrors, uh, you, you know. You know, like, it's the weird uh, the weird thing about our band, you know. I mean, like, we, we, we'll go and play, like, we go and play the IPO Festival in Liverpool. Uh, we've been doing it for nearly 10 years and we haven't been there every year but we've been there probably at least every other year for the last 10 years you know it's quite sweet because every time we go you get like the people that have been there you know I mean we were up there this summer and and there was you know a handful of people who've been coming since the first time they saw us there in 2005 or whatever and every time you know they turn out and the crowd gets a bit bigger and you get a few more so actually like the two gigs we did up there uh, this year were probably the best for me. The, probably the best that we've we've done, just in terms of like there were mm. people there were really there, you know, kind of into it and knew we were and all the rest of it. Um, but then if we play in London, I mean, you know, and I'm not kind of kissing ass unnecessarily, but if we if we do a gig for you, you know, the place would be packed if it's like you know the the half moon or whatever. Yeah, blah blah blah, rent the crowd. <laughs> when it comes to independent filmmaking that might mm-hmm. be similar sort to what happened with, with the punk thing because now you've got these cameras are relatively cheap you've got you know you can pay a license to some of these software for editing and stuff it is a bit like that here's three chords go form a band you know and that's sort of yeah. the ethos we've got I mean we looked in uh, the idea of getting funding for, for, for Pub Monkey two and a half years ago when we started it and then we looked at the sort of you know the percentage people take out the other end okay and we go right this might take us nearly three years to make but it'll be our film and we'll be able to sell it how we want to sell it right. do you know what I mean and then yeah. you go back to the, the music thing that's the other area where it would have been a big hold up for us if these well, that, guys hadn't been so you know, yeah. generous to, sort of, to, to work on you know look at back end contracts and all that but it's stuff. great that you felt that you, you, you obviously felt that you could have that ethos yeah well, it really yeah. is. I mean, I, I like the idea now with because you know you've got streaming with films and all that sort of area, and the, and, and and you're as good as your as your work. You know, mm. if, if you're making a shit film, it's still a shit film. You know, but it's not getting. It doesn't have to worry about like you know what's the marketing going to be on this. You know, what's the what's the what are the pre numbers and all that sort of stuff. We just went out there. We shot guerrilla style. You know, we got this you know, guerrilla filmmakers handbooks, a little book about the size of a mobile phone. We had to read through on that. Mm. We just went in. Thankfully, one of the guys uh, who's in the movie works for a big pub chain, so that's got a lot of our locations. Mm. And we thought, let's be really freaking ambitious with it, not just go for like shooting in one house, so many independent first features all yeah. in one location, it's in like a field or it's in a house. We thought, let's have about like, 20 locations, let's have a really big cast, let's get an awesome soundtrack on it, 
unless they do something bigger. You know, we've got a few visual effect shots in there. You know, with the animated title sequence and all that sort of stuff. And there's loads of people, and we just as it's sort of snowballed over the sort of two and a half years, mm. people have just got on board with it. And and the, the collective, the amount of folk. I mean, it's not been hard to fill up the uh, the BFI screening. Yeah. Because the amount of, most of the people who are coming to it worked on it, you know. It's just <laughs> yeah. like we just got so many people. You, you include extras, but you've got like people who worked on sound before the band got involved. You've got all these guys that have got involved in it, you know. It's just and it's a huge amount of people, and it's a massive collaborative effort. And you realise as you go on, all right, that scene's never going to be able to be done because you can't do that, you know. And then you just out of necessity, you end up with, you know, it's like a punk rock film. Do you know, it's, mm. it is like, you know, what can you do with this minimal bit of kit? Do you know what I mean? And, and the goodwill of people. And, you know, we started this out and we said, like, if we can screen this for our family. Now, when you look at the credits, when you guys come, you'll see the, the names Deguara and O'Hara as two sets of cousins. Those names repeat a lot. Do you know what I mean? It's like every family member's like been involved mm. in it. And for a film that has the highest swear count uh, per minute of any movie ever made... This is an excellent point for you. Um, you know, and it is your family, and it is a film about you know drugs and 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 you know it's quite it's, there's violent elements to it. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm. um, it's not you know you're not having to compromise it just because you're using your family. You know. Yeah. So, you know, like Jamie said, you know, rather than just, well, you know, just film something in my bedroom or whatever, yeah. mm. it's like, let's go out and, like, blag as many people as we can. It's always good to have a big vision. Mm. You've got to have that big vision, because that big vision is the thing that spurs you on to do it. Mm. If, you didn't, if your visions were smaller, you, you wouldn't give it as much energy and commitment yeah. as you've given it. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's an example, but I, got, I was involved in writing it, and then... Uh, I sort of backed away from it for a while. We had a few arguments about trying to get sort of a 300 page manuscript for a novel down to a 90 minute script and all this mm. sort of stuff. And it's like, what bits do you keep in? Which bits do you keep out? How do you drive it forward in three simple acts and not make it sort of this massive, overblown fucking apocalypse now thing? So I was sort of like, I was, to be honest with you, I was sulking a little bit. And then I went up and uh, this guy, John Claude Bates, has uh, built this set above a pub in Tootin um, of this squat where the two villains of the piece live. And I walked into this thing, into this room, and every CD, every game on his PlayStation or whatever was all there, was exactly as it was in the original thing. And it was like walking into my own imagination. Mm. And then when the people, they cast these actors to come in, and they started walking around, I was like, Jesus, that's fucking loony noony. Do you know what I mean? These are these guys from my brain. I was <laughs> yeah, like, this, yeah, is, yeah, this yeah, is the most surreal freaking experience ever, do you know? Yeah, yeah. And then, they, so then you get involved, and then, you know, then I, then I got involved in, in the acting part, which I'd never done, you know, and that was just hilarious, do you know, like trying to, like, you know, play dress up. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> let's, let's go back to, to tell us a little bit more about 
the story itself. So you, you're the writer. You wrote this, and you you said you wrote it as a novel first. Was that yeah? Right? I, this, that right? this all this all started. I had some terrible short stories published in the nineties, and then I wrote a manuscript for a novel in ninety eight. It was called My Arse and Other Secrets at the time. And then uh, <laughs> it morphed into this pub monkey thing because uh, of some people. And it was just like retrobates I've met around the Medway Town and a lovely building firm that I used to work with, with my dad, um, which you mentioned. I used to drink up the bell around the corner and stuff. And um, I come up with the scenario, the guy sort of mistaken identity, you know, like imagine you're just there in your shoe shop working one morning and you get a phone call and they're like, I've got your girlfriend. If you don't give me the money for the coke by fucking three o'clock, we're going to kill her. And like, what would you do? You'd go back and find the nutcase you knew when you lived in in, in like bedsits and stuff that used to go around debt collecting. And you'd, you'd have a word with a building firm, and you'd try and get all these people from your past together, sort of like in a magnificent seven, sort of, but bizarre Medway magnificent sevens, you know. And then, um, so that's how the sort of thing evolved. And then um, John and uh, Phil, Phil's an actor, and John's uh, he's a director of the thing, and he he works in, in visual effects, done a lot of stuff. Just his firm's just won a BAFTA for the Doctor Who stuff. And they've made like three short, three or four shorts, and they just got better, and they got more and more sort of cinematic as it went through. And they said, "We want to do Pub Monkey," and we sat in a pub and we got drunk. And our biggest argument was whether we were going to make a film or a movie. Do you know, what I mean? that was a sort of like it was a film, isn't it? And it's a movie, you know, like just you know, as a families do, just get drunk and argue. And then uh, yeah, we hammered out a script, and then they started putting it in the thing, and then they just got a couple of grand, I think it was, built a few sets. Went through the whole casting thing, got some really, really great actors from uh, from Actorum and, and from other places, um, and then just started shooting. But that was like, and then the idea was then we were going to shoot it in two weeks, and it was going to be done. Things really did start progressing. We had a version of the film, and then we got the band involved as well, it really started moving forward there. I know I wrote them, but it's what the actors have brought to these characters that's yeah. really sort of made it. Um, so what's it like when you're writing? So it must be nice to see when you're writing something and then to see it visualised, like you said, to actually see the characters, to see the scenes. Is it is it really rewarding to, to see it? Is, walking into that set was amazing. That was the, yeah. that was the first big thing. And then seeing the guys... Um, He's got to be careful what you say about giving bits of plot away, but you see people doing some really sort of bizarre things, mm. and then seeing really nice people say horrible things, and you're just thinking, these people are doing really horrible things to each other just because I thought of them, you know, <laughs> such a long time ago, you yeah. know. So yeah. what it was bizarre, but it was also it did make me sort of sit back and go, what's wrong with your head, Joe? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> to come up with this. And like you know, he's, he's probably hiding his light behind the bushel, but um, I, I was quite surprised. You said you hadn't done any acting before. Yeah, you play bingo. I play bingo. The lead parts played by Phil. He's uh, yeah. my cousin's great actor. He does all the sort of um, the pub monkey stuff that I, you know that, that's written in there from sort of stupid shit I used to do when I was younger. Phil's great in pro as well, so he gets a lot of his own sort of personality in there. And then myself, I play. And I have to, to play this 
ultra-violent sort of uh, sociopathic debt collector. Um, <laughs> uh, um, yeah. yeah, nothing like the real thing. Oh, that, yeah, sounds, yeah. that sounds <laughs> very enjoyable. It's like you know. So before I'd seen the film, you know, we we had a drink and a chat, and you know, this is Jamie. Yeah. So then you kind of you watch the film, and it, and it, it's kind of it's got a very comic aspect to it. Yeah. yeah. But nonetheless, he's incredibly violent. But the other mm. thing is, you know, like you see, Jamie's you know he's a slight sort of chap. But in the film, somehow, like it's really believable that he's this kind of like violent thug. And so it's, again, that's John uh, yeah. with the camera work and the cutting though on, on that as well. You but know. It, but it's sort of like what Paul was saying about a band, isn't it? It's mm. like when you get on stage and you put the blazers on and you get on stage, you're transformed, aren't you? So it's like probably yeah, like an actor, you know. You don't. And when you see some people off stage, you think, oh, that, yeah. it's you, you don't see. Sometimes yeah. the two marrying up, you know, but yeah. it's um, yeah, it's a funny thing. It's probably like that. I think I, don't, I wonder how it does compare to acting because, like, for, I, I was thinking uh, something I was going to say earlier. You know, you said like, you know, yeah, I met the Metal Empire Street, you know, very kind of mild mannered, and then they hit the stage. It's like a different story. <laughs> and I was just wondering if that's just because we're like incredibly repressed individuals. you know, and then so when we go on, it's like all the kind of the frustration and the energy and the kind of the anger oh, and stuff, kind oh. of like, goes, think, like in your face. I in one think I think clear, so, no, there's there's absolutely no question that that's the case. Clear the couch, lie down, <laughs> tell me about your child. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we're here for, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's one of the things about when you go and like, no one ever cares about a writer in a movie. You know, I mean, there's so many of my favourite films. I can't mention the writer. You know, you, you just can't. You just don't, it's not saying you look up unless you go on time deep and, you, and mm. once you've written a film, yeah, you start going, yeah. "Who wrote that?" Do you yeah, know? Yeah, and then, yeah, um, yeah. But of course, people do know I wrote this one, so yeah. you are sort of like a bit like, "How much of this is giving?" Do you know what I mean? Yourself mm. away a bit much, but I mean, it's so. I mean, because it's written so long ago, and then of course, the pub monkey character Eddie was written originally as a this guy just coming out of school. So we've made him a, a lot older in this because because uh, feels old, but um, and it really works because he's a very different type of character now, and he's sort of like there's a there's a real sort of um, sort of uh, maudlin charm to the to, mm. to the Eddie character now. I think in it, you know, compared to like a teen who's just wandering yeah. around from from you know crisis to crisis. Although he does wander around from crisis to crisis. You know? <laughs> mm. So there's there's kind of an expectation sometimes, you know, both in rock and roll and in, in, and certainly in movies. There's uh, uh, you know, the person who's playing the guitar on stage, or the actor, uh, because they play this particular character on stage, or uh, they're that particular kind of person. Well, good morning, Mr. Gray. It's another busy day, and you've got no time for chat, having fun and things like that, because it's nearly eight o'clock, you're expected on the dot. Mr. Gray Of more sort of 
not sweeter, but there are songs that you don't play live from your catalogue that are more reflective, I suppose, isn't there? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. You know, there yeah. are there's stuff. Oh, if you but if yeah. if anyone's listening to this who's only ever been to the live shows, it's worth checking out some of the stuff. Particularly, I mean, like Medway Sun springs to mind immediately. Yeah, the last hotel, yeah, yeah. yeah, and last yeah, both yeah. in the movie. Oh right, good. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I think, but so, recent shows, you're you are make the, the shows are are not. They're a bit more. How do I say? bit more varied in, in, yeah. in you know you're throwing in a few more of the, of the slower yeah. songs now aren't you and it's well, I not think, such yeah, a yeah. big sonic assault yeah, we're trying to we're trying to mix it up a bit i think i think we started off you know with the records so you do you did the first record which is just basically like that was basically our live set you know there you go in the studio bosh and then like you get to like the second the third and you you're kind of writing more for the record you know i mean you're writing thinking i'm you know we need to do some new songs live of course but you're also thinking i'm writing a record and i kind of I always think when I think about records I like, you know, if you go to the punk period, you know, you know, yeah, I really like Nevermind the Bollocks. Yeah, I really love the first Clash album. I really like the first, I think, two or three Ramones albums, for example. But I think there comes a point where if every song is one, two, three, four, like where it just ceases to have a kind of impact and it becomes kind of a bit boring. Mm-hmm. So records, the records thing for us has always been a bit more varied in. So um, from like the second record, really. So, you know, if you listen to a Kinks record, there will be a couple of rockers on there, but it, a lot of it is pop. You know, it's it's very varied, and you know, and, and I like that, and always have done. Yeah, so I think you, so that's why the records are always. Yeah, I mean, that. that's a good thing about. There's an art as well in in planning a good set list, isn't there? To keep people entertained, to keep it, you know. So I mean, there's nothing worse than someone saying, "Now I'm going to play 15 minutes." Of new stuff or something like that, you know. Or, well, you know, you need to get a good balance of songs. That's why songs like stuff. the London Institute work brilliantly. Yeah, that was I good, think. wasn't it? I mean, London Institute from Nobody Knows, which is the last track on the album. Was, mm. It's not, let's say, it's like a big departure, <laughs> from there, but it was it was a different sound because it's mm. it's stretchy. I don't know. It's difficult to say because it's, 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 it, it's, it's expansive song. It, it, it works. It works really it, well. It works really well in the movie as well. There's mm. there's a scene in there where. Uh, Called Dodgy Roger. <laughs> Dodgy Roger. It's a good name. Oh, we did. We got, did get criticised saying like uh, someone said like you know you can't have two villains with rhyming names, do you know. And it, then it turned out the two actors' names were Charlie and Barley. So like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's right. fine, you know. It's reality. Yeah, we did not. We didn't. Yeah. yeah, and he walks in and that two hundred dead. But I'm not going to sing. But you know that opening line comes in with that bit of reverse yeah. reverb. I think yeah, it's yeah, called yeah. from hanging around yeah. with. Uh, yeah. And. Um, that just sounds fantastic and it just fits it cuts back in two between foot scenes and then when it gets to that real assault at the end of it it's mm. it's dropped into ambient but it still really brings and it was yeah. one song I was really adamant I wanted to have in there it is cinematic because you've got the story but the music is really actually it's reflecting the storyline as well you know isn't mm. it and and you're, so you're not just writing you know yeah, I mean, a song I did, out and singing when, the, I, when the I wrote that it, the, the film didn't figure in my thinking at all I mean that's mm. that's written about something else but um See, it's, it's funny, that song, because in a lot of ways, that is a sort of song that I was trying to do, like, when I first... I've not even got the band together, but when I first started thinking, you know, about what, what I want the band to sound like, you know, I was kind of thinking... I was quite into, like, the Lembright Combo albums at the time, mm. Reckless Eric, and, and also, like, early Pink Floyd. So, for me, it in my head at least, it, it sort of sounds like what I was trying to do then mm. 
And uh, so was this an early song then? That you'd, no, no. You'd I mean, it's, it's it's a new. No, I mean, it's it's it was written around you know the time of the other songs for the last album. But it, it felt like almost like a kind of a throwback. Yeah. But the the, the other thing was that um, like when I, I remember when I wrote that and I was feeling very very depressed at the time. And uh, I, I mentioned that I was sort of in a in a job I wasn't that happy about. And uh, I remember it was a Saturday night, and I'd had a few beers. And I was feeling really depressed, and I was pissed off because it was, you know, I couldn't, you know, I was having writer's block or whatever. I felt like I was kind of like, you know, not mm. getting anywhere with writing stuff. And I was very, very tired. And I remember just sitting in my back room, like, and thinking about what the song is about, which is um, my granddad before he died told me this story about when he was a kid mm. uh, and going to London with his uncle. Uh, to clean windows and I, I don't know where it was but basically it was at this weird institute where there were like you know like mm. sort of dead baby samples in jars lined up and it kind of it really freaked him out at the mm. time and um the welcome institute yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it could, could be, be. Yeah. so um so did, yeah and it, so he described this story to me and I was kind of thinking you know I don't know why I thought this would be a good idea for a song but you know <laughs> I, I remember thinking that's just such a like a powerful image and mm. story uh, and uh, I also like that day, like you know, I went to bed that evening. I had this dream where, like, I was in this institute, and the the, the kids had kind of climbed out of the jars and were driving little like noddy pedal cars around. <laughs> and then they started playing. And I woke up. Smoking. I woke up. Like, Jesus! That, that's it. So so that was that that that's what the content is about. Right. But anyway, back to like writing it. I was I was I was I, I wasn't even thinking really. I was just like I picked my guitar and I was really pissed off. I was like you know, and just saying, yeah. you, you know, saying the words about the images and stuff that was in this story. Just like playing these because it's really simple chords. You know, it's like mm. two chords. Yeah, yeah. And it's then, scary. And then, yeah. and then uh, the way I imagined it while I was doing it at the time was almost like it probably wouldn't be much instrumentation it's probably just you know me and a guitar almost 200 dead babies lined up in jars at the London Institute indexed and filed with a reference card at the London Institute cleaning windows with my uncle Bill at the London Institute Charing Cross line back to Street Feeling Hill at the London Institute in the name of science.
Carol and I were doing the artwork for for the album, and I'd sent you the still. Cause I, went and, I went and bought <laughs> I went and bought one of those clip jars, glass jars, yeah. and I bought a uh, really realistic looking baby. <laughs> Toy, yeah. pulled the arms and legs off, images. and then just oh, no. squished it into this jar oh, and clipped God. the top and took a picture of it. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, used, I, I sent you the image, and you're yeah. like, "That's quite disturbing." Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Hang on, this is your fucking yeah. imagination. Yeah, that's right. yeah, that's your, right. yeah. I'm just bringing it to fruition. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is what your brain looks like. It's a bit like yeah. me walking into the set. Yeah, 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 same yeah, sort yeah, of vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a great track, and I think it, yeah, it promises a lot more good things to come I think you know and and live again it's it's one of those songs which you think oh it's quite it's going to be difficult to replicate that live but I think it's already becoming a favourite and it really works well certainly yeah, in the trans- reviews and yeah, stuff like that, that's like people people picked up on that in the reviews quite a lot which mm. quite surprised me because I was kind of thinking when we were you know doing those songs I kind of uh I you know it wasn't that I didn't like it but I just kind of thought well, this is this is so like quite ploddy and so one of the mm. lyrical content, I thought for a start would just be like, fuck it, you know. So I, I never really thought it was going to be, you know, a popular one for us. But the fact that you no, guys like work. it, and then, and then like, you know, last few gigs we've done it, and where there's been like people that know us, they're singing along to it. Yeah, people are. And really uh, so people obviously like it. And so maybe, maybe, maybe people live. Live. Yeah, I mean, when I first great. heard the demo of it, I was like, that's the, that's the best. I mean, yeah. it is my favourite track. I've, of, all, yeah. of anything you've done to be honest with you oh, it's it's totally, when you're right. doing like the Looney News right. Descent right. and stuff and it is yeah. you mentioned earlier on early Pink Floyd as well and that whole sort of you know phasing guitar and all that sort of stuff having done that was that useful at all then doing like doing the Descent into Madness track and all well, that sort of stuff well we sort of yeah I mean I've always liked that I mean there, there's some stuff that we you know before we like did proper records there's stuff that we we kind of demoed up that featured like unusual sounds whether mm. it was like a theremin or whether it was like yeah, a funny keyboard that. with like bendy bits on that's in the film um, mm. yeah right okay yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so I've always like no, in fact it's funny you should say that because I was listening to something on Radio 6 today I, I still don't know I'm going to have to check out the playlist but I, I don't know who it was by but it's a very simple song just sort of like a you know kind of a riff like we might play and then it goes into like where you think the guitar solo is going to be, and it's just like hideous noises, like real, like you know, like hmm. sort of like bows on like um, uh, cellos or whatever, yeah. just like really, yeah, 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 like really like painful. And I, I kind of I, I, like my eyes. I was like, this is brilliant. What is it? You want to and, check it out? And, yeah. Go on. Uh, so I, I've always liked just ridiculous noises, and so and and also I'm, I'm not you know and. I'm not a very good guitarist, so I'm always looking for like ways of doing stuff in the kind of the bit where the solo would go that, that yeah. are just different. One of my favourite guitar solos ever is Cinnamon Girl by Neil Young, which yeah, is on one note, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. it just sounds brilliant. We've got a whole catalogue of weird shit we've recorded here. I want to use it on the record, like you know, yeah. like getting a wallpaper stripper and scraping it down, oh, a, did you? down a down a, a hacksaw and. All sorts of stuff, and I was saying on Wednesday we've got to stab a watermelon with a chisel. Yeah, so, <laughs> we right. don't want to know what that's going <laughs> to be. <laughs> <laughs> it's story. I can just imagine stab watermelon with yeah. chisel. If you stuck for a bit with a guitar sound, if you go, just put the you know, watermelon and the yeah. chisel in there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. I'm just picturing the scene that that's going to be soundtrack. <laughs> you know. Oh no. Thank you. 
I, th- I think the experience of um, of working on the movie and and also the success of say London Institute. I think it's going to be quite good, you know. It's quite yeah. going to be quite promising for for the next Lemon Tree album. The, the other thing for me, I think, there's two other things that I think might potentially influence what we do next musically. Like one is um, up until relatively recently, all, all the songs have been biographical in the sense of it, they're either they're either about me or things that have happened to me or they're things that I've seen. So even if they're not about me, they're about people I know or you know things like that. Whereas like take like, like writing swing like a monkey. I really enjoyed that, but it's not about it. Yeah, it's not nothing to do with yeah. me. It's just like you know, there's an idea about a film and a character yeah. in it. So I just wrote some stuff, and it was nice to just sort of, you know, glue words together. It's like it's almost like yeah. painting with words. I suppose you, yeah. you, you know, make a kind of a like a, a, a thing with it. Yeah. The other thing is with because we did the London Institute thing, but also like the uh, the finale track uh, that exactly. we did for the film. Mm. Like playing longer, I'm, don't get me wrong. I have no intention of going prog. I have no intention of doing songs that are like 15 <laughs> minutes long. Yeah. But it, but it did give me an idea for like, you know, wouldn't it be like crazy if we were doing a set where all of our songs are like two, three minutes long, and then we threw in one that was like I don't know, seven or eight minutes. Just it would oh, just be like, love it, you know, yeah, it was, we, we wouldn't, I wouldn't want to make a habit of it, but it just to do something completely like the opposite of what we've done, or you know, just something completely. Well, like, I mean, it doesn't have to, a long you song think. doesn't have to be boring. I mean, look at say a quick one while he's away by the Who. You know, I mean, you've got yeah. all these different elements and all that. It, a long song doesn't have to be boring. Yeah. Even the Dam did it. Curtain call. You know, it's fantastic. You know, television. Yeah. They're doing it, but it doesn't yeah. have to be dull. You know. I noticed you are influenced by your Yes and Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, they're all there, mate. Yeah, yeah. We've been checking out his CD collection. Yeah. Pre- the previous band name sounded a bit more prog, wasn't it? The, the, the Fabian, Spencer Fabian, was it? Society. Well, they, back in the day when we started, we had no intention of getting a record deal. We just did it for a giggle. And what we did was we, we would go and record five, six songs, say, in a day. And then we'd make a CD. And it was a real little cottage industry. You know, Neil would burn the CDs off. We designed the covers like literally just like you know a piece of paper you know printed off on his printer at home we, and then we'd be there like in, in my front room like cutting them out gluing bits together sticking them in the cd and we'd sell them for like i don't know three quid or something so we did one uh called the spencer fabian appreciation society and we we, we put so much effort into this that we made like a little booklet that opened up and had these pictures that we got from I fuck knows where I, 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 like old magazines and stuff of like old victorian gentlemen and like freaks and stuff I made this little like collage, but they were all done so it looked like paintings on a wall and stuff. Mm. Um, so it had this, and it had this kind of like leatherette finish, like on the sleeve. It was so like it was amazing the amount of man hours we put into it. Wow. Um, and I think it had like six tracks on it. Probably about four or five ended up like on the first album, like literally those recordings just yeah. remastered. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, there was you know showing our kind of psychedelic stroke. Oh, yeah. so you might be coming Frog back. Makes me want to kind of have a shower. Sort of like, yeah, yeah. But it's it's a good concept because I mean, it's like we're saying about you doing the movie and us doing the podcast and that. I think we set out with doing it firstly with the intention of if we're happy with it, we don't care. It's just for us. Yeah, we yeah, listen yeah. back to it. Who, if anyone likes it, that's a bonus. But there's no reason why you can't do it well and do it to the best of your yeah. ability yeah, yeah. and make it as big and as, as and as professional as you can it doesn't have to be amateur although we are amateurs it doesn't have to be amateur and shoddy but and I think that's that's always the best one I like the word amateur I like it's original meaning I think yeah, it's yeah, anything yeah. to do with, yeah. with, with shoddiness but it doesn't have to be shoddy so do it the best you can you yeah. know and then if people like it it's a bonus yeah, yeah. exactly I, I agree with that 
Would you be releasing this as like a DVD? Yeah, or? DVD and streaming will be the two sort of avenues we'll be looking at. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of cost involved. I mean, for instance, you have to pay for BBFC classification twice if you want cinema, which is an expensive mm. thing to do. And a distributor would normally pick that up. Pay for it twice. You have to pay one for your cinema release and then one for your DVD release. Right, okay. you know? Even though it's the exact same cut. They've done some screenings down at the Antelope and Tootin. We want to sort of come up with an idea of like having a pint and watch the movie. Uh, and um, we're also talking with the band about the idea of putting on some events where we can have some music and a movie and maybe some comedy as well. Yeah, I just wanted to like really go out and like and screen the film as often as we can in unusual places. So we've got the uh, obviously on the, the Facebook and the Twitter and that. When that starts rolling forward, we'll start sort of promoting those things and like. And I like the idea of doing it with music as well, do you know, that's like doing something a bit different, a bit new, and again, sort of like not following the usual sort of thing. But that would be real. That would be a real event, you know, to go and see your movie, and then go and see a live performance by the Empire Three. For the band that, that, that scored the you movie, the band, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and there are... That, that would be tremendous. They've ended up being a character in the film, I know, just being in it as well, but they've ended up, the music is a big part of it. It, mm. it, it was almost like an additional character into it. You've got... It's really strong characters. I hope it's a really strong story. It's edited well together. You've got everything in there from like psychedelic dream sequences to like you know violence and mm. cartoons and everything that's going on within it. So Jamie, the movie is almost completed. Yeah. And you've got your final screen, well, the final cut screening at the BFI. Uh, Friday thirteenth. It's a good date to do it. Um, we oh, yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's our first screening. That's invited cast and crew. Then we'll go. On to a series of other screenings. There'll be another one at the BFI. We may get a cinema. We really want to do the idea of screening it in pubs. It's, it's a film about people in pubs called Pub Monkey. Yeah, so Jamie, how can we find out information about the movie and when it'll be screened? Usual sort of social media. There's a Facebook page, there's a Twitter feed. Um, after this screening, we'll start booking in public screenings uh, and we'll be doing some events tied in with the band as well. Mm. So keep an eye on the Facebook page for both the band and the film. And yeah. um, yeah, there'll be stuff coming up on the horizon. As soon as we get this first screening out of the way, it's about making it more public and getting it out to as many people as possible. And Glenn, what's coming next with Lemprise 3? Uh, good question, mate. I think we've got... We've just been... We've been really busy, like, over kind of May, and then we've got a couple of other gigs coming up in July. I think we're playing a festival in Norwich, somewhere along the line. All right. Um, and then it goes a bit quiet over the, the summer, but then we're back in action, like from September we've got some European dates coming up we've got like a little mini tour to Norway in September Spain in December hoping to go to Scotland for a a few dates in October and then we've got our Um, traditional September gig at the Half Moon September Half Moon yeah 26th of September which will be great with our mates the Past Tense and the first UK appearance for Lee Kitchenettes well thank you very much for for inviting us down to the Medway for our little tour and uh, our chat and we can't wait to see the Pub Monkey screening uh, at the BFI, which is going to be very posh, and yeah. looking forward to that. Right. right, well, thank you very much, Paul. Thanks for having us, man. And yeah, thank you, Jamie. Yeah. And uh, thank you, Glenn. And don't forget, you can check out more information on Pub Monkey and our little trips to the Medway on www.retromanblog.com. And thanks for listening. There is no-
It's as a couple of couple. swear words, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the bloody here, don't bring yeah. a parrot. <laughs> a lot of people do though, don't they? <laughs> they do. Well, that's yeah. something we could do. We could we could have parrots. Yeah. Half price event. for your parrot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bring a parrot to the pub, monkey. There you go. <laughs> or a melon <laughs> with a hammer and, and a nail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fly around my back garden, parrots. Oh, wow, yeah, what what are you smoking to, yeah, to repeat pack, your question? Green neck parakeet, yeah, yeah. fly around with Oh, you used to get a lot of them in Crystal Palace. Eat, all, all, yeah. eat all our plums, <laughs> bastards. <laughs> eat my plums. Hang on, let me stop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all in one night. Oh, oh, let me pause oh, this bit. All my plums. 